This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. There is more to me, Queen Eliara of Elfgard, than my elven magic. Just as there's more to Geico than saving you money, Geico also gives you 24-7 access to licensed agents online, on the phone, or on the Geico app. And while I am a mighty elf queen, I am also a mighty big fan of barbecue potato chips. Minions! More smoky mesquite. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. There is more to me, Queen Eliara of Elfgard, than my elven magic. Just as there's more to Geico than saving you money, Geico also gives you 24-7 access to licensed agents online, on the phone, or on the Geico app. And while I am a mighty elf queen, I am also a mighty big fan of barbecue potato chips. Minions! More smoky mesquite. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. What's up, guys? Red Nation News Podcast. My name is Solomon Elite at Red Nation Hoops on Twitter. And it's been two weeks since we last recorded, and I figured it's my responsibility to get a podcast out to you guys. Uh, I normally don't have dry spells like this uh, for this long without a podcast, but I, it's just been really busy for me these past few weeks. Uh, I haven't had time to record, but now I have time to record. Um, by the way, excuse my voice. Uh, I'm fighting a bit of a cold right now. Um, but yeah, we're going to try it and, and break down what's been going on with the Rockets. So the Rockets have, um, they're, in, they're in a little bit of a slump. They're in a little bit of a slump. They have lost seven out of, out of their last 11 games. And um, it's kind of, um, it kind of came out of nowhere, right? Like this team was on such a good trajectory. They were on pace to win 60 games. Um, and they're still on pace to win like 56 or, so, or something like that. Uh, they're still a really good team. Um They've just hit a bit of a rough stretch here, and it's kind of un- inexplicable, inexplicable in that um, it's really hard to target one thing that the Rockets have done bad. It's been a multitude of things that they haven't been great at, um, and there's been a lot of theories thrown out and a lot of reasons, um, and um, you know I'm not going to make excuses for the Rockets, but I mean, they have traveled a lot and it's, I mean, that's, it's pretty, it's pretty remarkable how, remarkable how much they've traveled and how little home games they've played. 
Um, in fact, um, this is something uh, Red94, Rahat Huck of Red94, he retweeted from his Twitter account. Um, the Rockets have played 51 games. Uh, the second highest uh, games is uh, the Thunder at 48. Uh, and the Rockets have played the most road games in the NBA at 29. They've had 12 back-to-backs. Um, it's kind of ridiculous. Like, um, And they've just been traveling like crazy uh, to, to the beginning of the season. And it's put them at a bit of a disadvantage. And you can tell they look gassed in these games. And it's affecting the way they play. Um, it's affecting the way they shoot. It's affecting the way they play defense. Uh, they were, the Rockets are 22nd in defense over the past 11 games. Um, and even worse, over the past five or six, they've just been really bad on these switches. Um, they haven't closed out as hard as they normally do. Uh, rim protection wise, uh, Clint Capella is still, um, and that's been another. That's that's another uh, thing we need to discuss. Um, you know, guys are healthy again, but they they've been injured, and that's contributed a little bit to the stretch. Air Gordon went down um, towards the beginning of the stretch, um, and he's finally back. Uh, and uh, Clint Capella what, uh, just came back, and he's coming, but he's he's still not in game shape yet. He's still not playing defense at the level he was before injury. Um, the rim protector for the for the Rockets has not been the same as it has been, um, and just all around, it, they've just looked really really tired, and they're just they just look tra- like they're crawling to the All Star break, right? Like they really want to get to this all-star break. If I, if I were to give the Rockets one antidote or one cure to fix all this, it would be a long stretch of home games and just a break. Like, they need a break. And uh, thankfully, they only play, like, seven games in February uh, before the actual all-star break. And, you know, then they can kind of relax for one full week. I think everybody on the team needs it. Um, and, yeah, as I said, they've been shooting the ball uh particularly bad um let me go ahead and look up they have been shooting three ball at 32 percent over their last 11 games and that's really bad their season average is like 39 or something like that something ridiculous um yeah their their season average is 36 percent and they're shooting 32 percent over the last 11 games and this is a team that relies heavily on their three-point tuning um, they attempt forty three pointers a game, so when you're shooting that many three pointers and you're not make you're not making it at the same rate you're normally making, um, that does affect um, your chances to win ball games, and that's just what's happened with the Rockets. Um, and like honestly, like I, I think Harden's been a little bit off, uh, and that's something that's been discussed, but not at the same length I'd like it to be discussed. Uh, Taylor Pate, a writer for us at RedNationNoops.com, uh, wrote a great column on Harden's turnovers, and that's been a big uh, issue in January. Um, Harden's been turning the ball over like crazy, um, a lot of lazy passes, um, and he's been shooting the ball pretty poorly from beyond the arc. Um, he's shooting around 30-something percent from beyond the arc, and he, for a guy that attempts nine three-pointers per game, that's pretty significant. Um, and his, his three-pointer attempts are up like crazy, which... Um, tells me that he's he, he's tired because he's he, he he comes up the court and he may he shoots he shoots a three instead of running the offense instead of driving to the basket he's attempting more three-pointers um in january um because of just i'm, I'm get when he when harden attempts a lot more three-pointers than he does drive to the drives to the rim it, it usually tells you that he's tired and uh, his shooting percentage definitely indicates that he's dead tired um and um yeah it's 
it's a team-wide issue. It's a team-wide issue. These guys are gassed, and you can see it every single night. Um, and the guys who aren't gassed, they're just trying to return to game shape from being out so long, like Clint Capella and Eric Gordon. Um, Eric Gordon's been shooting the three ball pretty poorly. Um, he was out for an extended period of time, and uh, when he did come back, when he did finally come back to the lineup, he's not shooting the same um, the same percentage he has been shooting. Uh, he is shooting 36% from the field and 28% from the three-point line over his last 11 games. It, these are this is just a sign of tired legs, guys. Um, and I'm not I'm not saying that to, as an excuse. I'm saying that's um, that's a very feasible reason why they feasible explanation why they could they could be playing this badly. Um, and honestly, there's also been some. I would say they discovered some holes in the lineup that they they previously didn't they weren't aware of until it actually came up came about like. The Rockets desperately need another ball handler. Uh, Harden, Ariza, and Gordon are, are just responsible for too much. And Eric Gordon and Patrick Beverly are so injury prone um, that, you know, if one of those guys goes down, um, that's a huge hole for the Rockets. The Rockets badly need another backup point guard. And the, that's, you know, you need somebody just in case someone goes down. And as far as if everybody's healthy, the Rockets still need another wing. Corey Brewer has been awful for the Rockets over these past few games. He's posted a negative plus minus in pretty much every single game. Um, and, um, you know, I joke about it, but, I mean, it, it's it's bad. It's bad. Like, he is shooting 31% from the field, 25% from the three-point line, and he has a negative 3.7 plus minus over the last 11 games. It's it's bad. It's bad. The Rockets badly need a backup wing, and um, e- even if they can't trade Corey Brewer the deadline, it, it, that's a hard contract to move. I realize that even if they can't move him, they need to be able to find somebody um, on the trade market that they can, you know, t- that they can use to occupy those minutes. Um, and it, that's going to be tough because every team needs a wing. And uh, fortunately, at this deadline, there's a lot of wings available on the trade deadline at the trade market, but the uh, consequently, the demand is also very high. Um, the Rockets aren't going to be the only teams, the only quasi contenders, uh, you know, going after these wings. Um, the Cavs really need uh, some some something at that backup two guard. The you know teams like teams like the Clippers could always use another wing. Like the Rockets are not the only team only team in the market for a wing. Uh, there's always that's the that's the biggest deficiency in the NBA. And that's kind of an unfortunate thing for the Rockets because they, at the trade deadline this coming February, um, it's going to be something that they target. And, you know, th- there's some wings out there. I'm not going to pretend like there's not. Um, it seems like um, P.J. Tucker is very gettable. Tabo Cephalosha of the Atlanta Hawks, he's an upcoming free agent. And so you may be able to get him. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, there's some other guys. Um, there's... Courtney Lee, um, he just signed a deal this summer with the Knicks, but it looks like it looks like the Knicks might be willing to break that core up. That I don't want to say core because it's not a core; it's just a, a, an ensemble of players, an ensemble of vet players. It looks like they're they they really badly want to you know trade Carmelo Anthony and kind of move on and build around Porzingis. So Courtney Lee might be available, um, and there's just guys like that across the league available. Uh, the problem is, um, 
the Rockets don't have exactly, you know, the Rockets don't exactly have assets. Uh, they have Decker, they have Harrell, and they have their picks. Um, now, it really depends on what they're willing to move for these contracts, right? Like, are they willing to move a guy like like uh, Montrezl Harrell um, if a wing becomes available? Are they willing to move a guy like Sam Decker if a valuable piece comes available? You know, and I'm not sure if they are. And, you know, in that case, do you move draft picks? And, you know, um, moving draft picks may sound good right now, but, I mean, unless you're a contender, like, that can really come back to bite you in the ass. Uh, when you move a lot of fir- first-round draft picks are really valuable for uh, contenders and for non-contenders. Uh, it's, it's a way to get cheap labor. It's a way to get um, a player, a, a, a contributor that on the on the margins for cheap, um, as I said before, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but yeah, it's, it's a way to get cheap talent, it's a way to get better, uh, it's a way to have some upside, and, um, you know, first round picks are, you know, that's an asset for teams across the league, those rarely get moved, and when they do get moved, um, they tend to be picks far, far away, like Kyle Korver got moved for a 2020 first round pick, um, and you know that those are the kind of picks that get moved. You know, in terms of immediate picks, those generally don't get moved that often. So I mean, it depends if the Rockets are willing to move those kind of players if they find a wing, those kind of picks if they find a wing that they like. Um, and also, they got a they have to salary match for a lot of these wings, like um, like a Courtney Lee. Courtney Lee's on a uh, exorbitant contract. Uh, he's getting paid, I believe, fifteen million dollars a year. Let me go check real quick. No, he is getting paid eleven million dollars per year. So you you have to be able to match contracts like that. And in that case, are you are you gonna are you willing to move a guy like Trevor Ariza if that um for an extra wing? And I don't think the Rockets are willing to do that. Um, it's it's tough, man. It's tough. The, these wings are just so coveted, and the Rockets badly need one. Um. I think PJ Tucker, Tucker is a, a guy they need to they need to look at they need to pay a strong look at at the deadline. And as far as backup point guard, um, this is a little bit more attainable, but still, I think um, I think uh, a team like Cleveland is also in the market for a backup point guard. Um, you know, you, you really don't need much um, as badly as you need a wing. You, you don't need a you don't need a backup point guard as badly. Because uh, you can make it work if everybody stays healthy, but still, you know it, that's the big question. If everybody stays healthy, if somebody goes down, are you willing to play Tyler Ennis, you know, major minutes? And yeah, I don't think the Rockets are willing to do that. Um, and you know, the Rockets just need to get the load off of Trevor Reza and James Harden. Those guys should not be playing forty minutes a night. And so, um, you know, some targets I looked at. I think a Jameer Nelson type is kind of the perfect type of target for the Rockets. Somebody who can just shoot threes, facilitate the ball a little bit, bring the ball up, and take away some ball handling duties away from Eric Gordon uh, and Patrick Beverly and and James Harden, of course. Um, Just somebody like that. Uh, I really liked Pablo Prigioni for this team for for that reason, Uh, but the Rockets decided to part ways with him uh, in favor of Tyler Ennis, and that has not worked out well for them. Um, And, you know, like... A Jason Terry type, you know, just somebody like that. It, it can be a vet. It doesn't really matter. Um, you know, uh, I'm not. I don't think the Rockets have the assets or um, the salary matching 
the salary matching ability to get a guy like Darren Williams, but he'd be perfect as a fourth guard, uh, as a third or fourth guard. But I mean, he probably is too good for that at this point in his career, and he's um, not willing to play. I, I, I don't think he'd be willing to play that. And I, I don't think the Rockets have the assets or the salary matching ability. But yeah, somebody you can, you, as as somebody a Jameer Nelson type is kind of what you really want to look for uh, moving forward. Now, as far as the Rockets going forward in the in the present term, uh, disregarding the trade deadline, the schedule does get a bit easier in February. Uh, they play the Sacramento Kings tomorrow at home, and a lot of their their next home games are. Um, a lot of their next few games are at home. They play Atlanta at home. They play Chicago at home. They play uh, they play Orlando at home. So a lot of their next few games are going to be at home, and that's really going to benefit the Rockets because the Rockets have not had a strong home stand home stand yet. And it's and playing at home, you know, the role role players generally play better at home, and that's. And uh, you don't have to travel as much, obviously, so that's going to be wonders for everybody's legs. And yeah, I mean, it's going to be, this upcoming schedule gets a a lot easier for the Rockets, and hopefully they'll be able to bounce back from this. I think, I think they'll be able to do it. I think that, and I I realize by by blaming fatigue, it's a little bit of a cop-out, but I really feel like that's what's going on here. And I really feel like they'll be, they'll be fine. I, I, I just think... I just think the issues that I addressed, you know, backup, uh, backup, uh, small forward, backup point guard. I, I think those issues um, are issues that you can get over and still win a large amount of games. Like these are these are this is stuff on the margins, right? This is the kind of stuff you do to improve, uh, you know, marginally. And you know, all this stuff makes a big difference if you're trying to make a conference finals appearance. But if you're just trying to be competitive in the playoffs, the Rockets are more than built to be to be um, a second-round team in the playoffs. Like, like I am more than confident they'll, they'll get past the first round uh, with home court advantage. Um, they seem to have that third seed locked up right now. They have a six-game or something ridiculous lead on the, on the Clippers for the third seed. Um, but, you know, uh, if you want to catch up to the Spurs level in terms of contention and um, possible in terms of seeding, because I mean, I don't think the Spurs have that second seed locked up right right now. They have a, a good a good lead over the Rockets, but I mean, there's still plenty of games to be played, and I think the Rockets can catch up. They were right there for a, few, or a couple of games there, so I mean, I, I still think that's pretty attainable for the Rockets. I, I like I said, like I, I think there's still plenty of time to bounce back from this. I don't think it's time to press the panic button. Uh, a lot of you guys uh, express concerns about. Uh, coming back to the pack well no like this is this team is not coming back to the pack because coming back to the pack kind of kind of insinuates that they overachieved up until this point and the Rockets were blowing teams out which is not a sign of overachieving they were playing their record was just as good as they actually were they were as good um, as a 61 team for, for a really long time and you know now they may they may not be that but I mean they could they're definitely uh, playing right along with what their point differential is saying and their and what their offense and defense is providing, they're actually this good. They're like I think we can safely answer that question. Uh, I always throw this stat around every season. The biggest predictability, the biggest factor, um, the biggest set of games that predicts playoff success is that first twenty game stretch, right? 
that tells you everything, mostly everything you need to know about a team. And the Rockets performed really well in that first 20 game, in those first 20 games. So I think we have a good enough sample size to know that this team is legit. Um, I think the, as the Rockets uh, steadily get more and more healthy, um, everybody's playing right now, but I mean, they need to get Clint Capella and Eric Gordon back into game shape. And as they get more and more rested, I think I think this is. I don't think it's a time to panic. I think they'll be fine. Um, now, um, again, they have the, they have these games at home, and I still think they need to make moves in the deadline. Um, but they they can have a relatively inactive trade deadline and still be really really good. I, I think that's definitely possible. These um, when I say desperately needs a backup small forward, like I'm talking about, like if you're planning on making the conference finals, that's the kind of situation where having a backup small forward. Uh, better than Corey Brewer is going to help, right? Or um, in the long terms of a season, having uh, resting Trevor Ariza is going to be really beneficial for you. Uh, other than that, you can get by with Trevor Ariza and Eric Gordon as your and James Harden to some extent as your only wings. Um, that's uh, capable enough. And Mike D'Antoni typically plays short short rosters, anyways, short rotations, anyways. So I think I think they'll be fine. Uh, I don't think it's any time to panic. Uh, that's it for the Red Nation News Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and uh, Stitcher. Give us a good rating on iTunes. Give us a good rating on iTunes if you enjoyed the podcast. And uh, t- tell us. Tell us on Twitter. Tell us um, on Facebook. Tell us everywhere that you enjoyed the podcast so I know I'm doing a good job. Tell us if I'm doing a bad Tell me if I'm doing a bad job so I know I'm doing a bad job and I know where to improve on. Um, you can email the show, rednationhoops at gmail.com. And, yeah, guys, good night. that I'm more than simply a hype man for this rap group. Just like Geico is more than just a company that can save you money. Geico also has fast and friendly claim service so they can help you when you need it most. And while I do love being a hype man, I also love reading for children's audiobooks. Like little Bo Peep, she lost the sheep and she don't know where to find them. Yo! Geico, expect great savings and a whole lot more. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway.